welcome back to another episode of the Be Investable podcast. My name is Michael Melfi, and today we have the pleasure of having Miss Fallon Donahue join us. She is the CEO of Venture Ohio, and looking forward today to talking to her all about the Midwest entrepreneur ecosystem, startups, and funding for businesses. I want to welcome to the show Fallon. Fallon, thank you for joining us on the Be Investable podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. And very enthusiastic to have you on the show today. And we're going to talk entrepreneurship. We're going to talk the Midwest entrepreneur ecosystem, maybe a little bit about what it means to be investable. I want to hop in and I'm going to go back a little bit old school. You have a background. You served and thank you for your service in the Ohio Air National Guard. And I want to ask you just as in that experience, what do you think that helped you contribute to being such a great leader and the CEO of Venture Ohio? Was there skills or attributes you learned in that experience you were able to carry forward? Yeah, I think I joined just a couple of days after I turned 18. So my time in the military really shaped me as a person. There are some exercises that you go through in basic training that you go through annually that are tough, both mentally and physically. And you want to quit, but you're not allowed to quit. And so it teaches you how to keep going forward, even when you, your brain and your body thinks you can't go any further. And, and that's a really valuable skill set that I've been able to carry with me really uh, for the rest of my life. That's awesome. You know, and I, I think when we were preparing, I was sharing with you, I mean, I've seen some statistics that say military trained individuals are four times as likely to be successful in an entrepreneurial endeavor. I think you allude to that attribute, which is you want to quit, but you, you can't, right? And that <laughs> allows you to keep going. And, and when that entrepreneurial journey sets in, The other thing that I've seen that's been interesting is people will say, in the military at least, one of the things they teach you on is you're going out in life and death situations or somewhat like life and death situations. And you have to be on your toes. Mm -hmm. He or she needs to be ready at all times. And assuming you safely make it back, you have to look at what worked and what didn't work and immediately make changes. Not, I'm going to stay my course because this was my business plan. This is my baby idea. All that stuff goes out the window. It's about doing what you need to, to keep everyone alive and, and secure the mission. And when you think about that in an entrepreneurial setting, that's such a powerful attribute. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for your service. You know, I want to dive right in. You are the CEO of Venture Ohio and some of my listeners know, some of them don't know what that is. So I'd love for you, you want to just share a little bit, a little bit what Venture Ohio is and what your role is with that organization. Yeah, so Venture Ohio is a four-impact organization. We're facilitating the growth and vibrancy of Ohio's entrepreneurial ecosystem. The organization got started a few years ago, over about five years ago, in fact, because there were a lot of things happening both nationally and within the state of Ohio that was making it even more difficult than usual to get a venture capital fund off of the ground, which is already quite challenging, especially in the Midwest. One of those things was Dodd-Frank, which is very important to our country, but one unintended consequence of a piece of Dodd-Frank, the Volcker Rule, made it so that banks could no longer invest in venture capital funds. And in Ohio and Michigan and other states in the Midwest, that was not only a major source of funding for these venture funds, it was also oftentimes first money in. The banks were some of the few that had the ability to conduct due diligence on these venture capital funds because venture investing, even now, but especially, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, was very new to the Midwest. You know, in in California, New York and Boston, some of these more mature ecosystems, they have founders who 
who have exited that have supported new founders that have exited that have supported new founders and right. we don't have that history here in the Midwest. So the, the banks played a very important role in that. And then within the state of Ohio, we had a few state laws as well. There was a state-backed fund of funds that had run out of capital that wasn't getting renewed and some tax credits and things like that. So the, the venture community and the angel community in the state of Ohio got together for the first time, which is something they really hadn't had a need to do before. Cleveland and Columbus and Cincinnati were all very large cities and kind of operate on their own. The community got together and decided to, to take on some of these issues so that they had one unified voice to speak to our government. None of that passed, but there was still this thing that existed. There was this entity, Venture Ohio. We had the nonprofit, we had bylaws, we had a board, we had a little money in the bank. And so what are we going to do with this thing that we formed? Shortly after that, that's where I came in. They were looking for someone to run it full time. And I wrote a really long paper on what I thought we could do with this entity, kind of moving it away from just solely focusing on advocacy and using the power of bringing all these VCs and angel investors for a different purpose. Mm -hmm. So that's what we started to do. Our ultimate goal is to increase access to capital for Ohio entrepreneurs, believing that if access to capital is healthy, that a lot of other things are, are going well as well. And so that's what we focus on. I spend a lot of time traveling, sort of evangelizing the Ohio opportunity, if you will, talking about the great things happening around the state. We host some LP summits to try and encourage capital investment into venture capital funds. We do some educational events for angel investors and really just evangelize this mission. We, like the Michigan Venture Capital Association, conduct research, get that out to the masses and try to figure out what Ohio is doing well so we can broadcast that to the world and, and continue to increase interest and opportunities here. And then also try to understand what challenges we're still facing so that we can put some resources behind that and try to continue to improve. So, and, and you, you've said a couple of things that are really interesting. You, you talked about the maturity of certain ecosystems and, and which I will talk on a second. You also brought up an interesting point about when a successful entrepreneur has an exit, the goal is they take some piece of it and dumps it back into the ecosystem. If it doesn't, the ecosystem kind of breaks. The pump right. that got primed breaks, kind of, so to say, or becomes unprimed. And so that's something I think that's, that's super important. And I think you guys see that down there is that as we have these, the Midwest starts to continue to build up our ecosystems. What do you, how do you think we go about getting those people to be willing to contribute back into the ecosystem, not just with their time, but with their dollars too? You know, I think it's really in the DNA of most of these entrepreneurs. You look at the founders of some of the most successful companies in the Midwest, like Dual Security in Ann Arbor, Cover My Meds in Columbus, certainly Exact Target with Scott Dorsey and some of the things he's doing. And, and these are the type of people that, that want to give back. I think for many entrepreneurs to get to that scale of success, you are typically the type of person that understands the complexity and certainly the importance of an entrepreneurial ecosystem. And so in our experience, you know, it really hasn't been anything that we can do to encourage them to stay and contribute. That's really within the entrepreneur's DNA to continue to give back to the community that supported them and helped them achieve success. Got it. And then you, you, you pointed out that obviously, you know, you made the comment about that there are some challenges that we still face. What do you think those challenges are? And I, I don't like to talk about problems, I like talk about solutions. So yeah. well, let's talk through a couple of them and what solutions are. There's more than what the problems are, but what do you see that we're facing? And I, I say we, because it's not an Ohio thing. It's a, it's sure. a whole Midwest thing, right? It's not a competition against the coast and it is, we're here. We haven't had generation after generation of generation of the investment back in. So it's just, we're just a little, from a maturity standpoint, we're still working on that ecosystem. So what do you think some of those challenges are we face right now? 
Well, I think that's just it. The maturity piece is a really important part of this. We just need time, first of all. I think anyone can do about that. I think there are so many people who are leaning in. This podcast is a great example of that. Venture Ohio and our members of the board are another great example of that, that believe that entrepreneurs are the future, that this is where the job creation will, will occur. This is where the high tech, you know, high paying job creation will occur is within these entrepreneurial ecosystems. We just need more of everything. You know, these more advanced ecosystems got their start a very long time ago. So we're seeing different states kind of lean in with some initiatives. There's a fund of funds in Indiana that's supporting a venture capital and entrepreneurship. Certainly Ohio has the Third Frontier program. There's some programs in, in Pennsylvania that are supportive as well. I know MDCA in Michigan is a lot of uh, advocacy work that they're doing to, to lean in and support. But I think one of the most unique things about the Midwest is that we are new and we do still have a limited number of entrepreneurs and investors and I think we can use that to our advantage. Mm-hmm. When we think about the next generation of companies that are being built. You know, Facebook exists, LinkedIn exists. And, you know, it's not to say that those types of companies are not going to continue to be built in the future, but entrepreneurs today are really facing any challenge in that they're trying to disrupt existing industries and and build companies that are really hard to build. You know, they're tackling energy and food care, you know, food scarcity. They're tackling, you know, financial institutions, insurance. These are really old industries. They're very complex. And so having access to not only your customers, but to your elected officials as well, helping our politicians understand, you know, the laws that need to be changed, rules that need to be changed because technology moves at a faster pace than our government does. And working with these existing corporations to help them understand, you know, how we can better support one another because a thriving, a thriving corporate community and a thriving startup community certainly feed it off each other. And it's, it's certainly beneficial for both. I think, you know, Columbus just as, as going through our postmortem from the HQ2, you know, last year of, of everything that we've gone through in the application process for that. And there's been a lot of learnings from that. But one of the things that we lacked is tech talent. And so, you know, continuing to grow our startup community will only continue to support the efforts from our economic development organizations when they're trying to attract the next Amazons and Facebooks and LinkedIn and everybody else to the to the community. So I, I think just continued collaboration and really leaning in. Mm-hmm. What I'd love to see for all of these cities, whether it's Columbus or Ann Arbor or, or Pittsburgh, is for all of the corporations to lean in and support the venture capital community. It's the venture mm-hmm. capital community that supports these startup companies. And although money is continuing to travel at a greater pace. You know, we just had a Kleiner Perkins investment in Columbus. That was their first one. Red Point Ventures, Sequoia's invested in some Cincinnati companies. The money does come here, but that's typically at a much later stage. When you're trying to raise that first 50,000, quarter million, even the first few million, 5 million, 10 million, you really need a local investor to help you get to that point and help you see what's around the corner and then assist you in grading those, you know, attracting those larger sums of money. So, you know, to continue to support our startup community, we need to continue to support our venture community and just how if each of us continue to work together, I think we'll continue to grow and thrive. You know, and, and as, as I spend a lot of time in, in the things I mentioned to you, uh, I see companies wanting to move there. I, I want to hear from you. Why do you think companies are moving? Because they are moving at a pretty rapid pace to the Midwest. There is a lot of, a lot of opportunity here because of some of the things we've talked about. 
what do you think have been the biggest drivers you've seen why people are moving in your case to the Midwest, but in particular Ohio? I hate to say this, but it's just a reality. It is much more cost effective to, yeah. to work in, in Ohio than it is in, in San Francisco. And quite frankly, you know, housing in San Francisco is getting to the point where it's out of control. It's really difficult to live a normal life in San Francisco. I have a friend who lives out there who has 13 roommates. You know, he really likes what he does, but he has 13 roommates. And so when you get to the point where you want to settle down or even have a dog, you know, maybe a small backyard, the Midwest is certainly an attractive opportunity. And for entrepreneurs, you know, there's been a long, you know, long, long time rumor that we don't have the tech talent out here, but I would argue that the Bay Area is facing similar challenges and we're starting to see the tech pool grow more and more in Ohio and the Midwest. We've got incredible universities here, you know, incredible engineering programs, University of Michigan, Carnegie Mellon, Ohio State. You've got some really great universities graduating very talented engineers every single year. Mm -hmm. And they used to flee for the coast the second they graduated because there wasn't anywhere to go. And even if you did have a couple of startup companies, you know, one thing we would frequently hear is, well, what if that fails, then what? this point, we actually have real startup communities. If one company goes out of business, as startup companies often do, there's another one just down the street and another one just down the street and another one building up all the time. So as we continue to grow the startup communities, we continue to attract and retain more and more talent. And I think both investors and entrepreneurs around the coast are starting to see the benefits of both living here and growing a company here. Awesome. Could not agree more. Quality so, that's right. If someone was looking at the, the ecosystem in, in Ohio and, and obviously getting out to find capital is important, what type of pitch competitions or other opportunities are there for funding that you guys are seeing in your, your region? So, you know, despite the efforts of Venture Ohio, we, we still are quite separated. You know, there's an hour and a half, two hours between each of the major cities. So, you know, Cincinnati, Columbus, and, and Cleveland tend to have their own communities that, that operate. Each of them does have a program called the Entrepreneurial Signature Program, or the ESPs. There are six of them around the state, basically the state of Ohio divided the state into six regions, and then funds these centers of excellence for entrepreneurs. And these are, they, they all vary. And, and the ways that they support startups. For the most part, these are startup studios and they provide a lot of no cost or low cost resources for entrepreneurs. In Columbus, we have Startup Week, Startup Weekend, like, like many cities do. We just brought 10,000 cups to Columbus, really just plugging into one of the ESP websites like a Rev1 Ventures or Centrifuge as another great resource or Jumpstart in Cleveland. And they all have a calendar of events on their website. We definitely do not have a shortage of events and pitch competitions, which is really exciting. I can especially speak to Columbus because that's where I live. There is a volunteer army here that is so passionate about entrepreneurship and, and growing this community that there is certainly no shortage of events. Give Back Hack is an incredible event. I would certainly encourage anyone from Michigan to come to Ohio and check that out. That happens every April. It's a hackathon based, you know, that's focused on creating companies for good that are solving large global challenges. And we've got a really thriving startup weekend community here as well and starting to pop out into the smaller cities like Mansfield and Athens too. Nice, nice. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. I want to dive into the entrepreneurs for a second. You obviously get to see a lot of entrepreneurs are in companies and you get to see the data around them as well. What do you think are those attributes that make for those companies you see that are, are being quote unquote successful? What are they doing differently, bigger, better? What about them makes them different or special? So one of our 
venture capital heroes in Columbus, Rich Langdale has this saying that I, I really do think is so applicable to this question. And that's the two traits of, of a successful entrepreneur, ignorance and no money. And I think so many of our entrepreneurs here do, you know, we don't have this large group of entrepreneurs that you trip over at every coffee shop that you walk into telling you why this can't work, right? So that's the ignorance piece. Like they don't know all the entrepreneurs with all these failures ahead of them that can tell you, oh, don't do this. Don't try this. I already tried it. It didn't work. And then we do have, you know, a lack of capital here. So they've got to do more with less. Beam Dental is one of my favorite companies here in Columbus. And he just did a podcast with Drive Capital and, and told a really great story about getting to the very end of their capital. They raised $5 million and, and they ran out of money and they could have shut it down. They had an option to shut it down. Many would argue that maybe they should have shut it down. That's certainly what a lot of uh, entrepreneurs on the coast would do. Let's shut this down, take our learnings and go start something else with fresh capital and big salaries and, and go out and change the world. But instead, they downsized to, to just the founders cut their pay down to almost nothing and worked for almost nothing until they were able to get past some hurdles and raise additional capital and and then was able to raise over $20 million round just a few months ago from Kleiner Perkins, one of the best VCs in the country. So I think grit is really what makes these Midwest entrepreneurs stand out. You can't tell them they can't do it. They're going to find a way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Last thing I want to ask you, this is the Be Investable podcast. When you hear Be Investable, what does that mean to you? I think of it on the personal side. You know, we, we see a lot of entrepreneurs and especially in the earliest stages and the seed stages, you're looking for the human. Certainly, you need to have a great idea with a large market opportunity and a, and a plan to get to where you need to be. But you're looking for a person who believes in this, believes in themselves, and is never, ever going to give up. An entrepreneur is just a very special kind of person. And, you know, I think it's one in 10,000 of them succeed. So, you know, you just got to be the kind of person that, despite all of the challenges and objections that you get, you keep climbing the hill till you reach the top. Awesome. I appreciate that. Well, Fallon, I know you're, you're busy and I want to thank you for your time and hopping on with us on the Be Investable podcast. I look forward to staying in touch and having you back again soon on the show. That sounds great. Thanks so much. Thanks again for listening to another amazing episode of the Be Investable podcast. My name is Michael Melfi and I want to invite you to grab a copy of our recently released magazine. You can get it by going to www.getinvestable.com forward slash magazine. Just go there, put in your email address, and you'll get a copy sent to you. I want to thank you so, so much for listening. And if you're looking for how you can get more information about how you can be investable, about what you can do to transform your business, go to www.getinvestable.com and sign up for a strategic call with one of our certified advisors. Once again, I want to thank you for listening and look forward to having you join us on the next episode.